I'm Micah Boyette, and you're listening to The Slow Way, a podcast about the quiet goodness of pursuing a sacred love that transforms everything, including you and me. This is a sacred space where we're learning the inefficient gifts of rest, of prayer, and the practice of going slow in a world that tells us our worth is found only in our speed, success, or power. This is a space where we practice paying attention to what's real, the true thing deep down underneath the surface where love lives, remembering that sometimes we just have to stop long enough to notice. I'm grateful you're here making space to be reminded. This is episode 67, Our Blessed Smallness. Let's go the slow way. When we moved back to the East Coast, one of our hopes was to spend more time in Midcoast, Maine, where Chris's great-grandfather bought a cottage on the edge of the continent 80 years ago, and where Chris spent endless long and lazy days as a kid. The cottage is in his dad's hands now, and we're grateful he always welcomes our whole crew when we want to make the seven-hour drive. It's not a winterized house, so our trips are almost always in the summer, where our boys have learned to ritualize the same small daily joys Chris has always held sacred. Morning walks to the cove, tuna fish sandwiches on the flat boulder of the rocky shore, morning reading on the deck while watching the lobster boats making their rounds, a nighttime walk as a family around the point. I've been coming to this house for half my life by now and have my own rituals, my favorite hiking trail, my favorite shops, the best place for an outdoor lobster dinner, the best spot for an ice cream cone, the weeds I pull in the yard every July. This past weekend, we managed to make the most of our extra day off school and spend the weekend there, which was the first time the boys and I have ever spent fall days on the coast of Maine. We came in time for the nearby town's pumpkin festival, including a parade in the rain. Mainers are not swayed by a little weather. The heavy rain on Saturday pushed us to spend the rest of the day inside, working puzzles, watching Survivor, eating a feast made by my father-in-law. By Sunday morning, though, the sun was on its way to breaking through, though the swells from the storm were foamy and rough against the boulders below the house. I drank my morning coffee facing the water while Ace watched Encanto on the couch nearby. I'm still working my way through every moment holy, and I opened the prayer book to a liturgy for arriving at the ocean. We praise you, O Lord, for our limits, limits you have given us for our good and for your glory. The subtitle of Blessed Are the Rest of Us is How Limits and Longing Make Us Whole. I love that word, limits. Limits speaks to more than weakness, more than failure, more than the ache in us for justice. Our limits in the presence of the divine is part of the core of who we are. Limits, as the prayer says, are for our good. Quote, we have traveled this day to the bounding sea, O Lord, to the far edge of the habitable land, as to the utter end of our own measure and ability and strength to find here reminders of your limitless presence extended immeasurably beyond us. 
In this place, may we recall our blessed smallness. How does our smallness bless us? How does knowing that we are finite on this ancient earth also teach us to know the one the prophet Daniel called the ancient of days? In Blessed Are the Rest of Us, I refer to Jonathan Pennington's scholarship to define the word we translate as blessed in Jesus' Beatitudes as better translated whole or flourishing. Whole are the ones who know they are poor in spirit. Whole are the ones who choose meekness. Whole are the ones who mourn. Whole are the ones who long for justice and rightness on this earth. While I read a liturgy for arriving at the ocean with my coffee, looking out to the white foam swells as they crashed into the land, I thought about the smallness in my world, my body, particularly my recovering, formerly concussed brain, tender and capable of being broken. My daily life ruled by tasks of caregiving, creative work, and tender moments of connection with my people. It's all finite. I am not the ancient of days. I am a small one of limited days. I was reminded that though the land I set on will slowly erode into something I wouldn't recognize millions of years from now, it will still exist here in this space long after I'm gone. The wild ocean has existed for as long as the earth has spun, renewing itself endlessly. What glory. Of course, I should see myself as small here, where the water is in control and I am at its mercy. Jesus taught that it is our small reality, our weakness, our limits, our longings, that we find our own wholeness. This is a mystery I'm still sorting out. But I think the wisdom of wholeness is found in letting go of striving, that anxious insistence on making ourselves more worthy by our own performance stronger, smarter, richer, less marked by age and time. The Ancient of Days is the one who breaks boulders down to sand, who holds the echoing symphony of whale songs in their own deep waters. We are wise to see ourselves at the mercy of the greater things. We are aging. We're breaking down. We are only learning to love one another with our own limits and longings. We are flesh and bone and imagination at the edge of the land. We cannot live in the ocean as much as we strive to overcome our need for oxygen and a solid place to stand. What if the life that fills us to contentment, the life that satisfies, is the one where we look out at the ancient power and know our place in it? What if we release our control and let ourselves be filled all the way to wholeness? knowing that we have traveled to, quote, the utter end of our own measure and ability and strength to find here reminders of your limitless presence extended immeasurably beyond us. Recalling our blessed smallness. And may that blessing be our own wholeness. slow practice. If our wholeness is found in the midst of our limits and longings, let's begin there today. 
We only know the places we love by what they are in this moment. But the practice of imagining their past and their future is also a way of making peace with our own small and limited lives. Let's practice a prayer of imagination. Take a deep breath with me. Breathe in. Breathe out. You may want to pray as you breathe in and out. You can pray something like this. Breathe in. Spirit of God, give me eyes to see your loving vastness. Breathe out and eyes to see my beloved smallness. Let's start by imagining a place we love, whether it's the land we live on or a place we spend time, like the cottage I love in Maine. In your imagination, picture that land's past. Begin by imagining the land as it is now, with the houses you know, the roads that exist, the gardens and electrical wiring. Now use your imagination to venture back in time 50 years. What did the land look like? What was the same? What was different? Who lived there? How did they dress? What did they do with their time? What do you smell? What vegetations grow around you? What animals roam nearby? Now take another deep breath and allow yourself to imagine the same space a hundred years ago. Ask yourself the same questions. What did the land look like? What was the same? What was different? Who lived there? What were they dressed like? What did people do with their time? How did they live? What did it smell like? What vegetations grow there? What animals roam the space? Now let's go further back in time. Imagine this space a thousand years ago. What does the land look like? What is the same and what's different? Who lives there? How are they dressed? What do the people there do with their time? How do they live? What do you smell? What vegetation grows around you? What animals roam nearby? And even further, venture back a million years ago. What does the land look like? What's the same? What's different? Who lives there? How are they dressed? What do people do with their time? How do they live? What does it smell like? What vegetation grows? What animals roam? And now we're gonna look forward in time. Allow your imagination to jump forward a hundred years. What do you imagine the land will look like a hundred years from now? How will humans live here? How will they dress? What will they do with their time? How will it smell? What vegetations will grow? What animals will roam? Take this thought practice even further. Who will remember you in this space 100 years from now? And what, if anything, 
will your ancestors know about you? Now move forward a thousand years. What will the land look like? How will humans live here? How will they dress? What will people do with their time? How will it smell? What vegetation will grow? What animals will roam? Can you receive and accept the fact that no one most likely will remember your life? What will be the state of the land? And what will it say about God, the Ancient of Days? As you come to the end of this practice, use your imagination to picture yourself on this land, your life as valuable as any creature that ever has or will roam here. Can you imagine the presence of God coming to you, maybe in the form of Jesus, or maybe as spirit or voice or some other form that stirs your heart? What does the Ancient of Days want you to know about your own smallness in this world, in this universe? What does God want you to carry from this practice? End with your own prayer of commitment that you might honor your smallness today and the days to come. Thanks for being here. Choosing a moment of quiet and allowing yourself to be slow here is a way of refusing to conform with the culture around us. And look at us. We're making space for a fuller vision of ourselves and others, making space for wisdom, making space for love. That, my friends, is no small thing. Just a note, as I record this, we Americans have been watching the horrific violence done to Israel by Hamas and war crimes perpetuated against Palestinians by Israel in response. It's complicated and difficult to know what to do, but peacemaking requires action. If you're unsure how to respond to what you see and hear on the news, I'm including in my show notes a few places to start. This past week, the Al-Ali Anglican Hospital in Gaza City was bombed, killing hundreds of people. This hospital is still providing vital care for those who've been injured, even as children were killed in their courtyard. We can still give to their mission and the care of those suffering. I'll link to a place to donate. It's important we raise our voices on behalf of children and all the innocent in the crossfires of the war. If you don't know where to start, follow the advice of the Telos Group. They have a script written to help us communicate our desire to our congressional representatives for a US-backed ceasefire in the region. I'm also linking to a document from an organization called Locally Led. It's full of links, informative articles, organizations to follow, and voices to trust when following the events in Israel and Palestine. I found it very helpful. Big thanks to Jason Boyette for designing our slow way graphic and the lovely Angelina Marie for editing, and also to Owen Boyette, who has been helping me with my social media. My new book, Blessed Are the Rest of Us, How Limits and Longing Make Us Whole, is now available for pre-order anywhere books are sold. Pre-orders can really affect how booksellers approach my book when it eventually releases in April. 
I hope you'll consider clicking on the link in the show notes and supporting me in that way. Also, while you're thinking about supporting me, why don't you share this podcast or my Substack letter with a friend who you think might enjoy it? Subscribing and sharing goes a long way. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts and now on Spotify as well. That's another way to support. Also, I want to hear how this practice goes for you. Reach out to me on threads or Instagram at Micah Boyette. Thanks for being here with me. I'll be right back here with you next week. Hope you'll meet me here too. Bye.